Hi, I'm Sukai Machachi and this is the Scan Sparks podcast. I'm an artist based in Glasgow and I'm working with the Scottish Contemporary Arts Network as their artist policy officer. The Scan Sparks programme is exploring grassroots and equalities focused working in the contemporary arts sector. So I'm talking to people about their experiences and approaches to creating, developing and sustaining grassroots projects. In this episode, I speak to Clarissa Paranusa, who is an artist, dancer, choreographer and producer. Clarissa is the founder and director of IDY and Vogue Scotland. IDY is a QTPOC-led collaborative entity of artist-centred producers, with services and partnership working designed to facilitate artists and creatives to make informed, empowered decisions for their practice. You can learn more about IDY and Vogue Scotland by following the links in the description of this episode. Well, it, it originally started as a kind of mini festival. So I'd been on the associate artist program at Dance Space for about a year. And yeah, I'd been like in the space for quite a long time, like like taking classes and I'd been on another program before. And yeah, they'd been kind of supporting me, giving me like space to do like practice sessions for the ballroom community and things that I wanted to do and but I still felt like there was kind of an audience missing from the space and at the time Helen McIntosh was the program manager and she got asked to kind of curate this yeah autumn like showcase type event and then she asked me to co-curate with her and yeah we kind of came up with this idea to actually like expand it and then uh, into this kind of mini festival that had like performance and workshops and discussions that in introduced kind of ballroom culture and yeah we had like films um, and yeah I threw my first ball so it was just about like creating space for people that didn't necessarily would just like walk into dance space uh, and think that it's a space for them and I knew that there were certain things that I could do to like be able to make that happen um, or to facilitate that and then at the time I had a, a, a project yeah I had the project's coordinator come on board that was Claire Hills and, and Natasha Rowona came on board as like project assistants 
and it was just really great to have a team for the first time because I've always like done stuff well yeah as an independent you do stuff yourself right and but because a producer as well as an artist I just I just self-produce obviously but also like yeah it was the first time being like okay there's this is this is like a project and I need help <laughs> um so yeah that's that's how um the ethos kind of came about and the kind of ethos of the festival was like this line from this like Edward Gleeson for opacity and this line that I always had to come back to of like and as for my identity I'll take care of that myself yeah so it was just something in there about like trying to get away from being labeled as a certain thing you know if you come from like a background that's marginalized or you know whatever the words are that people describe your identity and decide what your experience is and like all these things um and decide who you are before you even like get on stage if you're a performer or whatnot yeah all of that um the ethos kind of carried through my producing work and my sort of collaborations from that point Natasha and I kind of kept working together after that and they brought me into um stuff they were doing and then yeah along the way like in this last year year and a half been working closely with Zoe Charlery yeah and then kind of realized that we're become this little unit in a way dialogue feeling really important to me and then in terms of like realizing that we need to kind of have a bit more of a structure as an organization just all just came out of last year like say out of necessities because you know like last year it was just certain things just got completely prioritized and other things were like yeah I still have to do that but like people need this people need that and it wasn't even yeah I've not really set out to like start a company or something because I've always been like oh no but it was more like people that were asking me or like people knowing that I, I I produce independently or that my producing is a bit more focused towards yeah queer POC and wanting to understand what is the specific needs for like working with practitioners of that like background and yeah just people asking for certain things and me realizing like oh okay this is like something that's not happening right now or yeah sometimes like people someone just needs like half an hour on the phone um to like talk through their situation and be like oh but I need you know I need to make this decision or whatever and a lot of it came out of I suppose yeah this I've worked with institutions more so inside institutions I guess in the last couple of years like bigger institutions like tramway but you know over time having having worked in and out of dance space also as a member of staff understanding how that works and working in like yeah just bigger places and um being in dialogue with institutions as an independent producer and just starting to understand how the systems work and how much as like often as a person of color like the systems are completely not fit for purpose for a lot of practices that they are trying to like bring in um and noticing that there was this huge for me gap um between like these kind of like diversity initiatives 
which try and address representational kind of gaps, um, which is just symptomatic of like the much bigger, bigger problem, which is like, let's say it, white supremacy, um, because that's where everything's come from. That's where everything has been built from. And people don't want to say it. People don't want to make that link. But that's that's basically it. So like understanding that there's a whole gap between doing that kind of uh, surface level change making and the work and kind of like the things that actually need to happen to make an institutional safe uh, institutional space like safe enough uh, for an artist of color queer artist of color to be actually interacting with that institution and have their work try and be supported um, by it um, yeah so like all these things basically I guess I I just realized that there was like certain things that could make it easier for people to either not feel alone if they were interacting with a huge institution that I'm like oh actually I know this one I know how their contracts work you gotta like or just like send me your contract I can look over those clauses and just like you know or um just just yeah like different things like making people realize like they can also determine for themselves like you don't always have to go along with what someone's telling you like this is how this project has to be or you have to wait for this thing but you have to do this thing in the meantime like you know doing things on our terms like on our terms is like a, a really central thing that it's like how can we do little things as part of our practices and know that we're doing this collectively that it's not like this crazy thing that you could, if you're by yourself and like you're you're trying to say something and be like I need to do this this way and, and they'll just gaslight you and be like you are crazy like we've never done this you are absolutely crazy for it you know it's like well if like a bunch of people are deciding to do things in the same way it's like then maybe in some small way we can start to like shift those power dynamics somehow even if it's just for this project in this way it's like the more that those spaces can yeah be created inside projects inside workspaces i think that all has to add up yeah in some ways in in some kind of energy that can like keep going what, what's amazing about everything you said is that there's just so much there's so much there right you you come come into this awareness over your own through your own experiences of working independently as an artist and then you've kind of like gathered all of this intel information about how to work with institutions and then you're thinking about how you can facilitate for other people so that they don't have to maybe start from scratch like you've had to do and there's like a, a little bit of a um there's a space a safe space that people can go to that they can actually access and that will um, will help to kind of um, demystify some of that you know working within institutions and how that kind of functions and so on and it sounds like it's really impassioned work so really honestly so commendable that you're doing this but also really amazing to hear everything about it like the, you've given such a, a good um a good overview of what IDY stands for and what it's what you what you desire for it to be a part of it that I felt like was obviously really, really important is um, collaboration. So I just want to, want to see if you could speak a little bit more on the importance of collaboration in your work in general. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's hugely important. It's how I prefer to work. And I think that, you know, collaboration means 
a lot of different things to different people and I think that yeah there's a difference between like collaborative working and kind of like collective spaces even sometimes and but it's only through collaboration that I've done anything really anything <laughs> probably for the most part that's because you know even like Helen being like do you want to do this thing like I would never have proposed that to dance space probably I'm not sure maybe like, but it's actually like that dialogue and that like reflection of ideas I find really important if only for me having to get out of I don't know someone someone to be like no that's a good idea to be like oh okay cool you know which is maybe why I take like a really long time to do things because I want to like make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and that I've thought it through and that you know I'm being really clear about it so I think collaboration it's like this constant yeah reflection process and because you can't do it alone like you can't that's where it came from I need help I need I need I need people like and you know I used to be and probably still am like really bad at asking for help but it's important because like yeah you you can't be in those kind of situations alone at the end of the day like yeah you might you can you can like start something but I don't think that yeah of course there's people that work completely like yeah just me and like da, da, da. but I think that for me anyway like there's so many people that support me in what I do and that and that's really important and I like to create hopefully like a space where that feels like reciprocal so that anyone who's like working on a project feels like they have like a stake in it and the project's going and growing with their interests as well and it's not just you know because there's like the collaboration where it's just like a nice word for being like I've asked someone to do a thing and I've told them how to do it but you know true collaboration where it's like oh right yeah you see that in that way that's that's really interesting and like I wouldn't have thought of that and actually that's a much better way of approaching this thing that I was stuck with so let's do it your way and um or maybe we can also bring in this or like, you know, like, yeah, like I've had mentors from really the beginning of, yeah, working like on my practice as I understand it to be now, like since coming back to things in like 2015, 16. And I think men, it's like a similar thing to like the mentoring conversation where it's like, yeah, a lot of the times I would speak to like my mentor, Lucy Suckett, who's just amazing. And, and I'd be like, oh my God, thank you. And she'd be like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I just I just reflected back what you already said. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I think, I think being like community centered as well is like, you have to, you have to collaborate. Um, like you have to, so yeah. No, it sounds like it's just a natural thing for you as well. You've been doing it like for so long and it's not, um, you know, I think that a lot of the word community comes up a lot these days and collaboration and collectivism and all that kind of stuff. But when it's when it's real, when it's done in the way that um, that it's supposed to be, you feel it like you feel it pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> Just to go back to sort of like institutions and your relationship with them, have you received any support from institutions or organisations, even in the setting up of IDY or even before that? Or do you feel like it's been you've kind of like had to go in in your own direction with this without very much institutional support mm. 
I have. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I've been given support from institutions, but not necessarily for IDY, like as a thing that I'd like conceptualized and been like, can you help me with this? But more like people have supported my practice and not necessarily understood exactly what it is that means, but having some kind of face or, yeah, I don't know. I have like a weird visibility somehow, which I'm always trying to negotiate. So yeah, I've been, I've been like funded. I've had a couple of like artist development grants and I had help you know like I think the language of writing funding applications is like really such a specific thing and and the the process that you need to go on to understand what your language is for yourself or to support somebody else to write an application like that's a whole thing and I was really really lucky that when I was at Dance Base like earlier in my associateship Emma Stewart-Jones was working there at the time and she was she'd come like from Creative Scotland and she was just amazing because she yeah different people in dance space would like support with different things but she really took the time to sit and like look through an application or kind of be like well this is what you need to think about and because I had like five projects in one application is like squeezing it into like the under 15 and she's like yeah there's a lot here you know but like really you know if you if you don't have someone who's willing to give their time to advise you on those little things that you need to know it takes a long 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 time so I was really really um fortunate that that people were so supportive and generous and at the same time IDY has you know IDY itself hasn't been funded it was like a strand of my practice but as to like understanding as an organization like it's not it's not funded um, but I'm also quite careful about like institutional support now and like how like I guess institutions have supported in the sense of like I've been in a lot of projects or done like work in institutions that have taught me lessons which formed the reasons for IDY or like whatever but I think I'm kind of I try to be a bit careful of like yeah, with this visibility, which is more to do with Vogue Scotland, you know, bombs fab and voguing's fab and people just want to give money. They're like, oh, can you do a ball? Can I, can I give you money to do a ball? And it's like, uh, yeah, well, can you give me that money? I need to do something else with it, but I will throw a ball. Like, is that okay? So I try and like create, I try and be a bit smart, not like, well, you have to be right. I can't throw a ball because that's the output of this community that like, of course you want to see because that's your point of contact with it, but it's an underground community and the things that we go through, like coming back to last year, it's like, no, I'm not throwing a ball. No, like, are you crazy? Like we are not doing online voguing classes. What we're doing is turning up to protest. So like, do you want to help with that? Do you want to donate to our fundraiser for LGBT unity? Because this community is so deeply impacted by this pandemic. I, and I'm, I'm sorry that you're bored at home, like on furlough and want to do a voguing class, but that is not how this works. Like, so if you want to like educate yourself um, on what we are actually busy doing right now, then that would be great. Give, you know, um, yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> whoever is supporting, I'm really, really grateful that they do, like people seem to want to like, invest in my practice sometimes because yeah coming back to visibility it's like I've opened my mouth a couple of times and because I'm like 
this palatable person it's like I tick the box of POC but I'm also like a certain type of person that they're happy approaching we can have a conversation about the reasons why that is you know I'll take your money because I know what I can do with it I might not necessarily fulfill the thing that you think you're giving me the money for straight away like it will happen but you know I can take your money and explain to you that what I need to do with it is slightly different in order to like get to a place of maybe being able to deliver the thing that you want me to deliver with this money so it's like because you know institutional money comes with you know terms right terms and conditions of like oh cute like who who gives you money without wanting something for it like never so but yeah I do um yeah as I say like dance space where I was on their social artist program for three years like it was initially to be a year and they extended it a couple of years for me so that was really really amazing and yeah as I say Creative Scotland I've had a couple of grants but there's definitely been a big process of understanding how I like interact with that support and try to get it or use the support I have in a way that can like become something that's actually useful for me and who I work with in my community yeah I don't know if that helps <laughs> no it totally does I, I completely concur with you and this uh, sort of pressure to produce something from somewhere right and as people of color we tend to be putting that like that bracket of like if we're doing something it needs to be entertaining it needs to be mm-hmm. we need to, um it needs to have something some substance to it that people can like sort of latch on to and like with something like Vogue Scotland I can totally understand why people would expect you to be like doing something all the time but then it's like you know I'm a work community and we need we need time we need space that's what I was going to say like like um I completely like agree with like I I can even say as someone who's in a collective that as soon as everything's sort of kicked off in the pandemic we were like we're not doing anything this year we're not producing anything there's no pressure on anyone we're gonna exist yeah and we're gonna try and exist you know sometimes in the same space as each as each other if we can you know on online if, if we can if we can muster even the energy to do that yeah we're gonna put, put pressure on each other to 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 come to like group zoom meetings to, to catch up because even that can be stressful just like even on the on the one person who's having to host the zoom meeting or something like that like it's like yeah. we just have to be really gentle with ourselves and each other because this is really trying times especially for people who are ma- marginalized in this society so i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about like the um some of the challenges that you've had now you can start with like the starting up process because obviously when you're doing something new it can come with its own challenges so if you maybe start off with that and then I'll go on to the to the next question beyond that yeah um challenge like <laughs> like everything like it's the project was born out of challenge mm. if that makes sense so it's like I think being yeah I think because the project's been so intertwined like with my own practice and and it's become a space to like externalize some of that it's been but it's like a response to the challenges that I've faced in my practice or in projects that I've like worked in collectively I think yeah like a big one is maybe being 
misunderstood yeah being misunderstood or being yeah that thing as I, I guess I was saying before of like being assumed to be a certain thing or or whatever having things asked of me that were inappropriate and just not having the energy or like going through just like really really difficult situations and feeling like wow I don't know if I can sustain this maybe I should leave this work because I don't know at what are we doing this for what are we doing this for um and I still have that question you know I'm like yeah maybe I should you know yeah you have to question the validity of what you what you're doing and it's like yeah I think um it's like the I think the challenges have been like quite internal probably because it's been all like from me or whatever and trying to make decisions from the best place knowing what I didn't want to do and not wanting to do something out of something that's negative not wanting to build a project out of a situation being shit or whatever so trying to like turn everything into thinking about it as like okay I've learned this from that situation like I'm not going to carry that with me in a negative way because you can't do that yeah I think having to take a long time to like sit with all these like complexities of yeah I think because it's come from my experience and my experience is quite like mixed and there's like multiplicities that I can't even verbalize and you know going through a process of being like okay if I'm gonna like should I be leading something but sometimes it's about like but I can just feel that <laughs> I can feel in this conversation someone just needs to say this thing especially when you have whether it's in an institution or not or in a project it's like there's certain things that people are scared to say and it's like well sometimes if I'm the person that can say it then I should so like let me work from that but yeah constantly like questioning and um considering like what space am I taking up am I taking up too much should I step forward here step back there and like yeah really trying to like, be honest and um genuine about like what I was trying to do and be like I don't want to speak for people but I'm kind of noticing this so, like I want to do this like let me see if that like okay yeah I think it's just like time and um challenge has been like trying to fulfill a lot of things that were maybe asked of me in my work before that that now I'm able to say no to yeah because like going back to like the complexities it's like it's a really and navigating this visibility and being like well I know that it's like yeah and being like okay I'm a non-black POC person there's a lot of things that people can assume I am when in fact like many other things are true I look well I seem like I am well um, I'm sick a lot of the time and people don't know um, or they don't want to hear it or like and I don't want to say because I am able to do stuff like I'm functioning so it's like I don't know yeah there's there, there's a lot of complexities to be having to navigate all the time I think that's that's been the challenges yeah yeah I mean that's it's an interesting thing because it's like 
although there are challenges, it's not necessarily in the actual process of like building the structure or the thing that you're trying to like put forward. It can, is actually the challenges of being coming from before that, and that's where the necessity for your project comes out of. But it's not as a retaliation or kind of trying to redress these issues. It's kind of more saying, okay, well, what can I do with what I've learned? And I think that's really um, a really good way to be working, thinking about not bringing that negative stuff in, but then also being aware of like the fact that it's real and it's it's what has kind of um, is is what your experience has been basically, and you can't put that away. Can't like pretend that it didn't it didn't exist. I wanted to. Ask well around around sustaining a project now I know that IDY has only just really become a, a CIC just recently but in terms of like sustaining projects in general because you've obviously done quite a few different things over over the years and what do you see as your biggest successes so far as well I think like there's been a lot of like internal successes in fact, I probably won't talk about them because then I'll get all emotional. But <laughs> like, yeah, Vogue Scotland specifically. <laughs> huh? We can talk about it another day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's like feeling like the successes of like I could talk about both of the balls because they were successful, like in a ballroom sense of like the ball fit is like successful and also like you know, an institution both times were able to um, give me the space that I was asking for and not impose upon it. Um, and so I'm really proud of those because the balls happen like in tramway, like it's a very rare thing as we were talking about before, like to be given money to do something and not have things be imposed upon it. But again, like tramway, like Nick Cave gave us his space that gallery, that exhibition, like he could have been like, no, you guys are crazy, no. Like, I mean, I said town hall, but you know, this is a bit, you know, he was just like, yeah, just um, pull the curtains back so people don't step on them and like, please don't throw anything. And I was like, okay. Um, and I freaked out. I like the week before I was like, no, do you know what? Let me look for another venue. I'm just too scared to do this. I'm too scared to like hurt the artwork. You know, and like LJ at Tramway was just like, okay, what, do you need you know it's like people don't ask that normally what do you need what could we give you that you I'm like oh well yeah can we do this and but can you not put it in the brochure for dig because that's weird and she was like yeah sure you know because we had like this capacity and yeah and I think that's the success because the people that were in the room were the people that should be there like I put 60 tickets on sale there was 200 spaces like in the day and I just didn't want it to be that situation of like oh I put tickets on sale and then you know the people who are used to getting tickets first for stuff are the people who you know I'm like no it's not like that so I put the 60 tickets up you know told everyone like yeah it was a big effort it was like messaging people individually it was like spreadsheets of lists of people who are the community and being like you guys, I have your name on the door, but you have to turn up at this time so that I can get you in, you know, and then being there on the day and being like, yeah, everyone's here, you know, that that felt like a success, even though I was broken, like <laughs> broken. <laughs> I had shingles. I was like hiding it under this big jacket and like 
I'd performed like the day before like yeah it was just crazy just crazy but also something to be really proud of and like for the community coming together and people walking for the first time and just being like wow this is like this is where you need to be you know like that um yeah that's that's like definitely an amazing moment yeah I mean I was honestly getting goosebumps when you were talking about it there because you know, it's like one of my biggest regrets in life that I wasn't at the ball but I was also in Brazil so I can't really like pretend like I was like having a rubbish time I just remember like watching it and just being like what (laughs) this is happening in Glasgow yeah at the Nick Cave exhibition it was just it, it was just such a joyful thing I could see that everyone felt so so good in that moment and that it must have been such a nourishing space and um, so like yeah massive massive success sorry just on that I have to mention as well like that ball was a collaboration with my sis with um Frankie who um was a garçon at the time oh no wait they were 007 but now they're at Ablo so it's just a shout out like that ball was a collaboration between the two of us so yeah it was it was a beautiful beautiful event and it's like again well done for that um yeah I will make it to the next one I promise <laughs> whenever yes. that is don't worry it's it's happening soon 2025 <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um to to go back to again institutional support but in terms of funding did you feel that there was a specific funding body that you could apply to and did you feel that they were approachable and this doesn't necessarily need to be around IDY because obviously like you said before there's not been like that kind of support and um, yeah I think I've built up my relationship with Creative Scotland since like a long time like I Hmm, first time yeah I applied for like a professional development grant before like open funding was a thing and um yeah didn't get it and um uh it's that thing where like it depends who you get it's like that big an organization that you can get someone one day who's like really helpful and then the next day you can get this email that's like you missed 10p in this column but it's in this column and I need you to change it because I want to you know it's like okay cool so it's weird it's like you can't you can't trust like straight away if you like go and you're like oh can you help me with you know but it's definitely gotten easier like as I've as I've gone through to feel like there's people I can talk to or get advice from um who are either in or out of that organization so with you you kind of like figured out how to navigate that system now as well yeah yeah um and what apart from money do you feel was necessary to get your project off the ground because obviously like the majority of it was done without that kind of um support yeah I think um it's like understanding for someone to listen if I was saying like uh, I need to do this thing in this particular way or yeah I don't know if that's like a weird thing to say but I, yeah I suppose across all my work it's like space and what do I mean by space it's like it could be physical space that's given for free where people are like oh but there's no money attached. it's like well 
there's a certain type of space that can feel safe and I know what that is and I know if someone's offering it whether I can make it that or not and so like space like free space has been a really really helpful thing you know like some nights we would just be in the meeting room dance space with like the tables like folded up pushed to the side and like that is enough space to like oh quick this person's visiting from London there's no studios like but you know I could just go in there sometimes or yeah in uh, tramway or like we've been in clubs you know clubs nightclubs that are like they give us space to just practice um yeah and I think yeah in terms of IDY I suppose it's been people that it's been like people who've recognized what I'm doing um and kind of like validated it or offered support or sent someone my way um you know like Carl at Buzzcut like we've been working together for like a year those chats that we would have naturally through working together like he's fed into a lot of things and he's sent people to me to be like oh she can help you and there are people that I would never have approached like people that have come to me and I'm like can I help oh yeah sure yeah I can do that okay yeah I think it's like making connections with people like Kim Simpson as well she's like coached me since take me somewhere thing last year and like she's just like yeah cool like let's look at this thing but okay yeah so people willing to like give up even like an hour of their time or make a connection for you or an introduction or send like a festival your way that you should look at or you know circulate opportunities and not being not being so like tight-fisted with things and and um you know this whole culture of like competition that that is really really real even in like a sector as small as Scotland's everyone's like oh London this London that it's like you guys are doing the same like what are you talking about just yeah so I think I think it's things like that that people don't realize is supportive but makes like a huge difference like transmission for example they're like really like you'll just let me like use the space and like move because I need that you know like just to move for 45 minutes and they're like oh yeah like you can do that but we, we don't have this we don't have that I'm like I'm literally like that is amazing you know and they don't even realize what it is they're they're how much impact that little thing for them can be like for me or for people that um, I might be working with so yeah yeah definitely that kind of that kind of support that it, it can is literally just giving you the keys to yeah space. literally <laughs> like literally. absolutely like changes everything um because you know quite frankly there's a lot of the empty buildings in Scotland but not a lot of um, people who are willing to like let people in and use the spaces so it's um amazing that people who are not even getting paid to do the work are doing that kind of work big up transmission um <laughs> so um <laughs> so I wanted to um go back to Vogue Scotland which yeah. I think is an um, incredible project. Uh, can you discuss, uh, similarly to IDY, why you were prompted to launch this project and what does it mean to you? Mm, um, you can cry the same if you want. Okay, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to get into what it means because I will cry, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like, so it's definitely a project now, um, but I think what's interesting is like 
Vogue Scotland as an entity, like it was just the kind of public facing name that my mother, uh, Kelani, um, who, Kelani Revlon, um, who lived in Scotland for um, like a period of time and began the scene here and began to introduce myself and my sisters, Matthew and Harry to um, the culture, like properly the culture and um, instilled that in us. And um, she, yeah, we kind of just made this page because she was like, oh, okay, we need somewhere to like put like practices or whatever up and people can find it, so it like made sense. But as uh, she left and like things grew and I, I sort of kept things going and we started to build this little community, I guess. Um, and the challenges like that we faced in that, like, yeah, Volkswagen became our like public facing name or page. And now, you know, like through Volkswagen, through having a name, it's really interesting that like, when you name something it becomes something and that's so like it sounds obvious or crazy to say but it's like really a thing because people were like naming Vogue Scotland even when I was like oh right yeah yeah Vogue Scotland but we got we got named as this community so it's like oh yeah sure we're you know we're more officially we're like the Scottish ballroom scene or Scottish house ball scene you know but that's the underground community that people don't necessarily like know about or understand um in the first instance so like Vogue Scotland was like okay um and it meant that people wanted to support Vogue Scotland which meant that I could have spaces for the underground community to have a practice come together new members to come or whatnot so it like fed into like growing the the ball scene in a way that was able to be protected mm -hmm. because it didn't have to be fulfilling something for someone else um and then over time like the ball scene has given energy to Vogue Scotland as the sort of public thing and then that's you know so they've they're this kind of circular thing I think but there's basically two parts to it and then now like I really understand um like yeah we made a connection about a year ago with uh, LGBT unity through Arica and once we connected it was like okay now things make sense and like members were starting to join and um that sense of community started to really grow and the you know the family space started to feel really real through that it was like understanding like okay people need really specific things if they're from a refugee background asylum seeker background if they're you know waiting for um, news or interviews or whatever and yeah understanding things that I could connect with my like working practice in the arts to people who were like coming through the community and wanted to like maybe it's just to be like oh do you want to come to this show or oh okay you've just trained up in this let me like connect you to this person and like oh okay you can do a little work placement at this thing and then that can get you onto that you know so being like oh okay this you know maybe I can create like pathways into like work roles or um training opportunities or we can do like people can train up as facilitators to like lead their own sessions was working or still um a little bit with like lgbt health and well-being and trying to understand how like that works and yeah i think the successes are yeah i mean obviously as as i mentioned before like the successes of like the ball events that have happened which have been really true to the community 
being able to celebrate people getting their status you know like that's really real um beautiful and you know you need that energy I think and you know being like oh we can put a fundraiser out and understanding that our like let's be real social capital has it that we can do a bit of a coordinated like sharing of things in our wider circle of people that you know are like followers of everyone or whatever like our fundraisers can reach like a number of people and can you know get support like when we first started the fundraiser for lgbt i was like oh you know like 500 like maybe you know it's a pandemic people don't have money like but it's like some people have money like some people have money and they have nowhere to spend it when we're in lockdown so like yeah being like oh okay yeah cool and then yeah much more like personal I suppose like um successes or personal wins for people like connecting into this like community space this family space and learning something about themselves or yeah and I think I'm okay to say this because they've said it to me I'm not like speaking for people I have like um, I won't say who but yeah, yeah you know like people have said things like oh I I um I just didn't have this kind of space before or um yeah I've learned this about myself or I've realized that I want to try this or they've stepped onto like to walk a ball for the first time which is like if you knew that person it's like wow like that is such a huge achievement for this person to just step up there and walk, you know? So it's 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 those kind of things that um, have been, yeah, I guess the successes. And yeah, the challenge is very similar to like, I think what I was talking about before of like IDY folks got and they're so intertwined, but yeah, there's been challenges, I suppose, of like, um, because the culture is so specific and is coming from such a specific experience and, the it's an ongoing challenge of like that being misunderstood of like the huge like global commercial interest that voguing has had ever since like that person and that kind of like keeps replicating you know where the culture has gone overground underground overground, you know so like we are in a place where like professional dancers will just learn voguing from wherever because they can because it's in a class and then they will get a gig and be paid for voguing when it's the people who from whom voguing came and you know who ought to be getting asked for these things are getting overlooked because these other people are in with this or in with that you know so it's like there's definitely like and Scotland's not been there's been times where we've been misunderstood as a culture and we've been painted out to be this or that and people have been impatient for something about ballroom to be happening before that like heart of it has really been like established or yeah and that's a really like natural thing when you when ballroom exists across these multiple spaces and worlds and you know people come into it for such different reasons but that's also the thing about ballroom itself is like it's not utopia you know like you come in and you're like oh my god it's like you know I did it like everyone's like oh my god it's like family space like and it's like yeah and family spaces are difficult you know in a space where you can be vulnerable it's like 
that is difficult in a space where multiple people are experiencing different things. They may have a shared thing, yeah, of like queerness being POC, like that intersection of experiences that you can't, everyone has a different experience, even if you tick the same box, you know, it's like, you know, that's a very, very complex space. So I think ballrooms are really, yeah, it's a difficult space for a reason. It's like, it was built from shade. Like if you, if, if you're not ready to like come in and be okay with someone reading you, then like, why do you want to walk a ball? Like, you know, like, or yeah, come into the community, but no, it's not all perfect. And it's not like, it's not going to go the way you want because this is a culture that exists, has existed for decades and struggles to evolve, you, you know, like, um, and there's so many people involved and like, it's a family space. Generationally, there are, you know, um, difficulties and then there's a lot of conflicting like agendas as soon as like money's involved for like um, putting on a ball or like or whatnot depending on who the money's coming from and TV wants to be involved and the prep you know it's like all of these things so like yeah those are the kind of challenges but um, I think just like sticking to the truth of the culture has been the thing that's always gotten us through even yeah even when it's been difficult and been like okay just have to grit our teeth and like we're doing the right thing like you know like pays off or not pays off but it's um you know you have to trust yourself to like I did this for the right reasons I waited for the right reasons I waited two years to throw a ball or like you know because it feels real like what we have now definitely makes sense it's um it's more than what it maybe um, looks like to people who are only looking at it from the surface and maybe don't have a real understanding of what like ballroom culture really is. Um, this is a totally random question I'm just going to throw in, but it's to do with um, clothes. Um, yeah. I'm wondering like the impact do you think that's that show has had on how people understand um, ballroom and do you feel like it's helped or hindered in any way for what you're people experience what's gotten yeah good quest like like um do you know what's funny about pose is like when I was in like a production meeting for the um the ball the ball in tramway and I think it was like the operations manager was like right so so like the commentator as you're saying that like, you need the mic is that like is that like on pose where he's at like the podium and stuff and I was like <laughs> actually kind of but we don't have the podium anymore but yeah you're right that is the commentator and that is what they do but these days they're just like roaming with a mic that's ideally wireless but usually has a big long wire and trips everyone up so yeah it's just funny because it's like actually within the community like Paris is burning is like oh, it's a good introduction heavy problematic and that's just it so like of course watch it be aware like who you're looking at who's telling the story who's been centered who's you know what narratives are at play um pose although it's like a dramatization it's a fiction right but it's very close to what was happening then and of course like you know not everyone does agree with it but in general most of the people I speak to in the community and us like definitely like like Jeremy McLean was in Scotland like a while back. I can't remember, but we had like we um um am, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, probably like yeah, his um 
husband partner like is like from Scotland and so we like just randomly through like Ian working at fruit market and being like sorry are you um and uh yeah we like hung out with them one night it was like amazing um yeah and it's like pose the reason that it's authentic is that um yes it's this massive tv company and ryan murphy and whatnot but they pay consultants from the ballroom scene they have trans people at the heart of the writing teams the direct you know it's like they pay consultants to um ballroom historians and you know it's like in so much that happens where it's like stories about like queer trans people of color um are, are being told by the wrong people or written about rather than with and for you know it's like pose was really an example where they they did like take the time and resource to to give to the community like people in pose are part of the community you know like uh, Dominic Jackson and like that so so that feels like closer than than other things that have been created which are more documentary and um maybe maybe trying to be more authentic but because of yeah there's there's like so many things involved so um but yeah we love pose we love pose I love pose um yeah I, I was like I really am new to everything ballroom and I think that Pose gave me at least a, a good a good kind of like overview that was like okay this is actually yeah that this whole idea of having the family space I wouldn't have understood it necessarily had I not really engaged with Pose before even like thinking about like what what, what whole Scotland is but also what ballroom is as in, as a whole um, and understanding the necessity for people to have created those communities in the first place and where it came out of and and what people went through in, in that time period and everything like that so I think Pose is absolutely excellent in that way. To go back to the main questions I'm just going to ask um, if you were speaking to someone who was looking to start up something similar to IDY or Vogue Scotland um, and they were inspired by your work what would you tell them and also what would you warn them of? I would tell them first of all like go with your instinct like if you feel something then it's real and like I mean we can get into that a lot of that but it's like yeah take everything as like learning and and understand like really take time to understand what you've what what it is that you've taken away from things that you've gone through and then turn that into like like have a generosity about that so like create something because you know that it needs to happen like listen to if if you are working with people or trying to set something up that will serve people like provide services for people like then you know listen to those people um and yeah like just be really clear with yourself about like why you think you want to do this and also like believe that like because so many people will have you doubt yourself um and yeah like listen to your peers like ask for help like phone your friend phone your auntie whoever it is that gives you that like no nonsense advice or tells you to like stop the bullshit and just do the thing 
um, you know, like identify who those people are and make sure that they know that they're important to you and that they have like impacted on you. I think to to warn people like be ready, you know, like Sequoia, my friend Sequoia, who I ask for a lot of advice. She's a Virgo moon, so like she has a lot of it to give um, and talks a lot of sense all the time. Um, she's like, you just got to be ready. Like we have to be ready, you know, if you're interacting with institutional spaces and you are from a background that's marginalized or whatever, like if that institution is trying it in any way or putting you in a situation where you're getting to that point of overwhelm or they're questioning you or making you question yourself, like the first thing you can do is just stop. Like if you're inside a situation where you're like, oh my good God, like these systems are just like, I can just feel it and I feel really like alone and really small and like I can't change anything right now. Like sometimes the only thing you can change in that kind of moment is just to stop and be like, I can't continue with this meeting. I can't continue with this conversation. You've asked me to do this thing. You've not given me enough time to consider whether that's even possible you know, like stand your ground because your instinct is always there. It's just like people will have you question it. Um, institutions will have you believe that everything's linear, but it's not like if you have an idea, you're going to go through like 10 different versions of it probably and still end up making like a 15th version. Or, you know, I think things also like last for a certain time as well. So like sometimes you can have like a project that makes sense for this amount of time and then it evolves so like don't be afraid to like follow like a new way that is becoming apparent that you need to go down don't hold on too tight to like things that you thought you needed or wanted to do because nothing stays the same you know like the pandemic happened and look everything that we would have ourselves believe we were in control of like we are not we're not in control of anything. So like be ready and be okay with not being in control. Yeah. Giving great advice and also, yeah, it's quite funny when you think about like how much 2020 caught people by surprise. I don't, I don't know, it's weird to say this, but I wasn't surprised by it. Like, I don't know, it just seemed to like be, yeah. like anything was, was possible and when it sort of like really hit I was like yeah of course this is this is the next thing this is of course the next thing yeah. Yeah. um and and the way that um that our country in particular I don't want to talk about every other country because like we can compare and contrast but let's be real the UK is an island yep so there's never there was never ever a reason for us to end up in the situation we're in right now right <laughs> so right you know and I'll say that forever about that situation if anybody wants to try and defend what's happened like it's an island could have just literally not let anyone in for a while and we would have yeah. been <laughs> yep yep New Zealand did it Australia did it it's frustrating when you're looking at the sort of the demographics and the people who have been most um you know badly affected by the situation and knowing that like the structures that were in place already were putting people in that place it was it's not like the pandemic has actually it's made things worse but it's not like it, it it's it's um created the situation yeah 
you know it was already that and now we're now like unable to to look away from it it's really really in your face now and yeah. so that's it's highlighted a lot and yeah definitely be ready is a big big thing yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. very very wise like wise wise woman <laughs> um, shout out Sequoia Sequoia <laughs> <laughs> um so if you were speaking to an institution today with everything that you've learned what would you say would have been important areas of support that you feel were missing? I'm going to say a word that feels random, but marketing. Mm. And I mean, where people want to like support, then the next thing they want to do is shout about it and be like, we're supporting this amazing work and we are ticking our boxes and look at this picture of these black and brown people doing this stuff and we're going to put it all of our stuff and it's like the support that's missing is it's like people give support and they want the fact that they've done it to fulfill two or more um parts of their like agenda um or agenda or like whatever it is remit whatever whatever it's like just because you're programming an artist of color or a queer artist, trans artist of color, like that doesn't mean you're doing the work that your organization needs to do. So like programming an artist of color isn't doing anti-racist work. Like they're, they're different. So it's like, um, I think, yeah, this or going back to that space, I guess, of the, the huge support that's missing is creating is care and now I don't like using that word again like now either because that word has been like oh my god self-care like you know um and it's like that word has been turned into something else but what I mean by care when it's like yeah okay so I will talk about it now it's like care doesn't mean like fluffy stuff you know care doesn't mean um having a nice voice on the phone because everyone can be nice you know nice people do real harm um and the niceness masks the harm so i'm not talking about niceness i'm talking about care which for me equals time and i say that a lot it's like if you get invited to do a thing give that person enough time to open their email and read it if you've written a whole like massive email it's like don't do that you know like <laughs> like I've had that before and then the person like sent me another email with five bullet points and I was like okay I can read this and I can answer this it's like you know do the work of like understanding that something that you're asking for might be quite a lot of that, that person um the support that's missing from institutions is like their own admission of their own complicity in creating the the situations under which you've had to like create your practice and become visible for that kind of like work like put it together guys you know um so there's support of like care of like again like understanding asking what do you need if you were to take up this opportunity if you were to take up this role for us what do we need to do to make that you know supportive conditions for you to do this work 
that's what people need to be asking like normalize asking what do you need what have I missed what have I not thought about is there anything about this invitation that feels unclear to you or is there anything you want to discuss um is there anything that you think could be done better or differently in the thing that we've asked you to do um do you want to just take this money and this program slot and this physical space and just do what you want with it like you know platforming without strings like yeah i think um sometimes it's not about like support that's missing but it's like all the extra stuff that gets in the way that people need to strip away and realize it's their own responsibility to do and to take care of and a clarity to the invitation um or a clarity to the support it's like all that pre-work all that filtering that needs to be done and is often done by the person inside the institution that gets it or like the one poc in the institution that's like right hold on let me just yeah okay um you know like all of that work um that like accountability um i think that's what's that's what's missing a lot of the time finally what are your plans for the future with idy you can talk about post scotland as well if you've got any plans for the future and is there anything else that you're working on um obviously you probably are working on like 20 different things <laughs> yeah anything that anything exciting that you want to share yeah um idy is coming soon um folks scotland stuff is coming soon too um and yeah we're um i think i can say this now like i'm really excited to be um doing a bit of work and getting some support from um brianna picado who's just amazing and um yeah really helping to like um support that like building of structure and and, and things like that so i'm really excited to be doing that um and we'll have like things actually out in the ether about what it is because yeah right now it's just like a bunch of people doing some stuff and like there's there's not really a proper website or whatever but um yeah so it'll be exciting to like have that like come out in some way and like the projects that we're working on like with idy like it just got announced this morning fresh off the press and whatnot um we're like working on Frankie and collaborators uh, projects called Living in Space Between, which is a really, really exciting uh, commission from Love Down Scotland. And um, yeah, just super, super excited. So just like watch out for that basically, because there's going to be a lot of amazing collaborators in that work. And just really, really excited to see Frankie like lead this. And um, yeah. Um, yeah and i guess yeah i have my own artistic projects <laughs> amongst this uh yeah i'm bringing out my new work in um may finally after a year of postponement actually which is kind of scary because like last time it was like not enough time and this time it's like ah there's been a lot of time and i'm still like i feel you, <laughs> I feel you. that's the yeah. thing like honestly about a, a month away from doing all these projects they all stop and you're like oh my god I, I don't know about how I would have done it like and then a year later you're like oh I'm still in the same place <laughs> 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 oh, 
yeah. I mean, it, will, it will come together in me yeah. we will be rejoicing looking at the, the beautiful yeah. that you've made and hopefully that I've made fingers crossed yes. um, but it's it's a particularly weird time to be an artist or creative because on one hand it, the art practice and process is what's kind of got me through like making things and kind of like being able to just be in my my space and doing something artistic like has helped me to manage all the other things that are going on um yeah on top of that there's this pressure that's just always there but in this case mm. what have you done with a year um it seems like a lot of time Seems like a lot of it's not. But it's not. <laughs> it's like it's been a year of pandemic. So like that that's yeah. that's stuff, you know, that's stuff that takes up a year. So it's like, oh, maybe I've had actually the same amount of time to like work on this project as I would have done if the original date had happened, but because of like, yeah, like definitely um so our, our good friend Basola, like Anna Basola, yeah. she says to me, Shout out. She honestly is just like, it's a pandemic. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, matter, no matter what it is we're talking about, she's like, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so needed. Yeah, her her voice is like, yeah there you there you have one that's just like cuts through the bullshit and it's like but it's a we're in the middle of a pandemic like what do you expect and it's like oh my god yeah right 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 yeah yeah um but yeah I think like this year's um yeah I think this year is like I feel excited for it like so many people like yeah new happy ish new year I'm like well like let's be happy because if you're going to wait for the pandemic to be over to be happy then like okay good luck but I can't wait that long because and also you I don't yeah. pandemic year. let's be real like we all did we all managed to get here and mm. that's actually like a huge deal and I think people are kind of forgetting on on one hand like that this was a this is a crisis that we're continuously living through but you've survived a whole year of something that like has killed a lot of people so like let's actually rejoice in the fact that we're present and that yeah. we have opportunities to share our work and share you know space with one another we have the internet where we have that you know yeah that space where we can actually still contact people we can still have really great conversations like this one and i feel i, d I definitely feel that like um it's a bit gratitude isn't it like it's, I know it's yeah. true, but it's true it's about being grateful for what you do have and um, even through all the, the stressful and scary stuff that the pandemic is bringing yeah I'm just like there's no time people like like I've survived my own things and it's like I can't think about things like that now it's just like yeah if I chose to go through that experience like any different way it's just like oh you can't you know you just need to well you just like people can do what they want I'm not here to tell anyone what to do but it's just like please don't bring that energy like when I'm trying to like do just like do stuff you know it's like and it's also yeah. that 
you know, love doing as well, which is mm. what's amazing about being able to do that. Like I'm really, really grateful and excited to be able to do the thing I love, like mm. as my main career. I mean, of course, we'd have to have to these other jobs that like sustain it as well in between, but yeah. like, it's, it's that's the the core thing that I, I spend my days thinking about and working on. So um I'm sure you feel a similar way about your, your yeah. practice, your producing work, your curatorial work, your collaborative work, your work within your community, and you're doing so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to yeah. have this conversation. And um I do hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. And um yeah. And we've got like so much else to talk about, I know. So it's like, <laughs> um, but yeah. And uh, speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon.